0: Boys. boys, look at that. Got it right. Hey, Got we're, getting it right. In, we're
1: getting into the right. um, thick of Ooh. things. No rhythm, no,
0: the thin of things. The thin
1: of things. I don't understand what that
0: is supposed to mean. The thin of things, yeah, like um, where you're so into the thick of things that you can see the thick of things for every individual little thin layer. You're in the huh. thin of things. You know? It's okay. like um, very into the thing. It's like you're so in the weeds, you can't even see the weeds anymore. It's just like the little weedlets.
1: I used to have a student back when I was a grad assistant who was, well, not was, he's still alive. He is a exchange student um, living in uh, the U.S. from South Korea, and he didn't understand a single idiom. So if you would say something like, take a knee... He would be like, Why would you want my knee? And just, I immediately thought of that person um, talking about the thick of things.
0: Mm. So, Josh. What are you gulping over there? Oh, you heard that?
1: Yeah, it's I've um, heard it
0: like every time. You're really going to town. Well,
1: as you know, we're professional podcasters, we have yeah. scores on, and scores of listeners.
0: Can you, here, I'm going to try and gulp like you. Okay. Did you hear it?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, I can cool. easily tell what that is, too. What is it? Because I have cat-like reflexes of the ears. Oh, that was sweet, sweet calf, because that's what I'm drinking.
0: Fair enough. I got, like, a can. I did my weekly leave the house to go to the grocery store, um, and I got a can of nitro coffee. I don't know. I should have just made regular freaking coffee. It's whatever. It's whatever. a French press, too. Mm-hmm.
1: So... What's, but what's I, I mean, I do you... that every day. I do that every day, and I. Just oh, figured, okay. You know, so this I is this up. nitro's little addition to the situation.
0: It's just different. It's just trying something different. Nitro calf. You know, none more Star Wars than that. Um, let's see what to talk about. Hundredth episode came out. Oh, hey, wasn't that episode great? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Now, Pete, I know you don't want to know when between last episode and this episode that episode releases and we are recording this maybe before that episode releases who knows you want it to be a surprise yeah so i wanted to be a surprise you want to step away um and give me like 30 seconds with the listeners here real quick yeah um
1: just oh, announce what's, yourself what's, when you're coming
0: back i don't oh, want to ruin what's
1: that chewy oh you want to take a walk remember. for 30 seconds
0: are you going away right.
1: see you listeners
0: are you, are you away i i haven't even i haven't even started editing the freaking thing it's supposed to come out tomorrow i mean it starts like two hours and 45 minutes long i said it was gonna come out on monday i haven't even started it's so long i haven't even loaded it up two hours of 40 it's so long it's so long to listen to you have any idea how hard it is to listen to us you i guess you do think of right now but plus pete two hours and 45 minutes ain't got to listen for like and, and i'm back
1: style. Hey, what's up, Josh?
0: I'm sure you guys loved it a lot. Oh,
1: and we put a lot of time and effort into it, too. Um, As the runtime will attest. Yeah, we went to the lab with that. um, Mm -hmm. And we curated piece by piece an 100th episode that it was painstaking at certain points. I didn't know if we were going (laughs) to be able to continue doing it. And at yeah. certain points, we turned on each other. Josh um, yelled at me a couple times for lack of discourse when I was just trying to power along. But oh, hey, yeah. hey, we did it for you,
0: the fans, because and let me tell you, 2020 boy. is for the fans. 2020 hashtag for the fans. This two, Speaking of hashtag for the fans, okay, I will say I'm excited for people to hear the 100th episode. I think given uh, how boring life can get right now, if you are lucky enough for life to be boring right now, um, yeah, the, it'll be it'll be you know it'll help you go to sleep. It'll be good, and then it definitely it definitely, it
1: definitely will make you go to sleep. Let me tell you, I guarantee you.
0: Our two hundredth episode. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I'm so excited. Uh, and let's, then let's um, let's
1: you know finish one hundred and one, and then we can build on that. We'll
0: cool think about it, um, I'm also thinking. Th- True to form for Boys of having conversations we should have off-air, on-air, not because they're private, but because they involve logistics and are incredibly boring. I do feel like now that the 100th episode's behind us, um, and we don't have to worry about hitting that mark. Like, we wanted the 100th episode to be where it is and and things like that, so we wanted to make sure we timed everything right. But now that we're free of that, I feel like we can maybe think about doing some bonus eps interesting okay like maybe an ep- extra episode each week for the you know our nine listeners um 90
1: listeners like, yes our 9D Oh, to, nine
0: nine k nine yeah
1: nine k um, um all those listeners that keep sending those those emails asking hey what products should we endorse mm-hmm. and the answer is Boys emporium at etsy we have obviously. so so many so so many people buying it I definitely no. haven't been showing that every time I do a Zoom call, but...
0: No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Um, and when I say K, I know you're thinking 9,000. That doesn't sound that many. K stands for Kabillion, so it's a lot of people. But, yeah, I'm thinking we could do like maybe some um, commentary tracks on like some episodes of Clone Wars. Those would be pretty quick. That'd be like a 20-minute episode or something like that. And I also think that... We could just plug this in at the beginning of next episode, but some big news this week. I've finished the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I stand by my my past observation that it is Pablo Hidalgo has done uh, such a fascinating job with, like, really a very small... (laughs) Microcosm of fiction, where it's like nonfiction fiction. fiction. Uh, I mean, you know, he's there's he's not the only one to do it, and you know, there are guides for all sorts of uh, fictional universes. But I mean, he does such a good job with the details, and it's just enough like bits of story versus bits of techno mumbo jumbo that it feels like museum exhibits, and it makes the subject matter he's covering feel like a real event, like a historical event to me.
1: And so I know a
0: lot of people are saying that the visual dictionary, or you can't understand Rise of Skywalker without the visual dictionary. That's not Um, true. It's not, and it it didn't help. Spoilers. Um, To me, it just makes Rise of Skywalker feel... Like a fictionalized version of the events that are depicted in the Visual Dictionary. Okay. Like it makes the Visual take. Dictionary feels like nonfiction. Uh huh. And it makes Rise of Skywalker feel like fiction. Feel like a story that took creative liberties with true historical events as depicted in the Visual Dictionary.
1: So I also read the Visual Dictionary. Um, <laughs> right, but you read it a while ago. We we can dedicate a whole episode to it. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe um, episode or something. yeah, the one the one short thing I'll say is it made me th- imagine certain characters and like, how did it get to that? So like Domin- Dominic Monaghan, Moynihan Monaghan. Yeah. Um, two page spread. Two page f- spread. For Beaumont Kin. Um, Beaumont Kin. Not Penny's Boat. Mm hmm. That character, they explain that he was a what history professor, or he's a nerd like you, he's yeah, the old he was like boy. a nerd and just like, oh, he like stopped the what he was coach. doing to okay, that was great, <laughs> thanks for that, Josh. Um, stop outing me, <laughs> and you j- oh my god, <laughs> and he, you know, sees this coming conflict coming. Um, he mm-hmm. tries to throw his expertise in, which is just like, really being a history teacher is going to have some effect in this. Right. Um, but they do
0: like, he knows he has some knowledge of Sith. He's like an archeologist, I think.
1: Yeah. Something like that.
0: Um, and this, cause there's also, it might seem like we ahead. don't know
1: what we're talking about, but this is all teasers for our episode on the visual dictionary.
0: Yeah. I was thinking you know, at a minimum, we could each pick out like 10, Interesting things from the book, or something we liked, and talk about that. Certainly
1: not. A, certainly not a hundred. No.
0: No. Uh, no. I love Pablo Hidalgo. I don't know that I could pick out a hundred things in the book. Um, but I mean, yeah, just the idea like that the, 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 the font phrase, color eternal was never even. Pablo in is a great movie. name. Oof. Pablo Hidalgo's a true gem. Um, so, Rise of Skywalker is out on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> I ordered it online. Okay. And had it shipped. I got it uh, a few days late, but I was I had it for the weekend. And on Friday, uh, I watched I watched the movie for my third time. Um, I watched it opening night and then opening day. I got mad at it opening day, and then I never went back. Um, and then so now I've read the Visual Dictionary. I rewatched the movie Friday morning, and I have decided. Uh, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you perhaps already know this, that for the duration of this quarantine. That we're all um, participating in. I am going to watch that movie once a week. And see if I get Stockholm Syndrome. I'm going to watch Epix, if you will. Uh, once a week. And and see how my relationship with it changes. Uh, okay. In the past, my opinion on, on films and stuff usually softens as I grow more familiar with them. Um the most recent example I can think of, which is a little different Mm -hmm. though, would be Avengers Endgame, which I immediately liked, but did not immediately love. Um, but then through subsequent viewings grew to love. So it changed from like a four-star movie to a five-star movie. Interesting, okay. And you know, the the last time I watched it, I was like, yes, this is this is a five-star movie. And a big part of it is that there are so many little moments in that movie that are so profound to me. And that that really is kind of, you know, once I get more familiar with the movie and there's smaller moments that kind of snowball and really make me love it. And so I I am curious how fond I will be able to get of of Rise of Skywalker uh, watching it once a week. I suspect that I will end up um, regretting making this decision. I will learn to like it a little more and then i'll learn to hate it more than i ever thought imaginable and then probably learn to tolerate it hey and then you're providing content for the again. pod that's that's the that's the most <laughs> yeah thing. and my and my letterboxed followers jay Dickens on letterbox everybody um so yeah i've got that's i've my. got that on i think gears is just your name maybe
1: um let's see um,
0: lifts but, all the weights yeah, that's the one. That's the Something one. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, um mine's Pete Susco.
0: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> back,
1: back during my phase where I was like, it's not Peter anymore. It's Pete. I'm more personable.
0: Dude, I can't. I don't. I never call you Peter anymore. Yeah. Like when I'm talking to our mutual friends, all of whom call you Peter, because that's what you've gone by the entire time I've known you. Yeah. But for the melody of our stupid theme song, <laughs> I shortened it to Pete. Because it sounds better for the theme song. Uh-huh. And I only call you Pete. And I'll be talking to people, be like, oh, yeah, me and Pete. And I'm like, what, who are you? What are you talking about? I don't know if this is for um, you, you know,
1: going from Joshua to Josh. But I find that well, people... I was never Joshua. Okay. Um, I was never Peter to any of my coworkers. But every single one mm. that's older than me calls me Pete. Which I feel is mm. like a just sign of like calling me the equivalent of sport yeah, as opposed to sport. calling me like my n- the name I go by peter but champ champ um as long as it's not boy as long as my coworker isn't like yeah. here boy which would also oh. be very difficult oh, for
0: like a teacher
1: ah no yeah. i did it to myself
0: <laughs> um so yeah that's my that's my rise of skywalker plan i have watched all of the bonus features for rise of skywalker and there's a two-hour making of documentary oh wow. the skywalker legacy uh i don't know if it's available on the digital version or what um but i will say my third viewing of Rise of skywalker did not endear the film more to me anymore okay um is the least conflicted I've been about the movie. Like my opinion was what it was and it stayed what it was. Um, I, uh, Real quick, I think a big part of it is I just dislike the end of that movie so much, like the whole final act. And so it's so hard for me when the movie is over to remember what I did like about the movie because it is in my mind so front loaded with stuff I enjoy. Um, but I watched this two hour documentary, uh, The Skywalker Legacy. Strongly recommend watching it. Even if you didn't care for this movie, even if you hated Rise of Skywalker, you have nothing else going Um, on. But beyond that, um, Very Smartly is a movie that is focused specifically on the production of the movie. It doesn't really talk about the writing, it doesn't talk about the storytelling decisions. It's strictly like, logistically, this is how we got this done. This is the special effects we use, this is the practical effects we use, this is the stunt coordinator who is quite a character really enjoyed her and her interviews and stuff like that it's it's just the the magic of movie making the teamwork of movie making location scouting things like this and there's a lot of great little clips of filming the original trilogy interesting okay um so yeah i i strongly recommend that regardless of your opinion of rise of skywalker i think there's a lot to enjoy in that documentary if you're just a fan of of you know movie making blockbuster movie making things like that Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed the the bonus features on that bad boy pretty well. No freaking commentary track, go figure. Um, No deleted scenes, very curious, but
1: yeah. Well, speaking of, so I got two comments on that. Um, Mm -hmm. The first is, you know, everybody and their mother is doing these Zoom happy hours right now. And somebody... Yeah, everyone except me because I read one article and
0: now I am afraid of Zoom.
1: And so people are doing them and somebody asked me like, "Hey, what are 15 things you like about Rise of Skywalker?" And then I got to 9 and I was like, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 and I'm done. Um You like them a I do lot. like it, but I was trying to say 15 things I liked off the top of my head and I was like, "Oh wow, I guess I can't really do that," which is it's also difficult to, mm. you know, think of I mean, you're on the spot. On the spot. Um
0: Yeah. Josh, I what, Feel like I could
1: um, Go ahead. What did you think... Did you enjoy or have a negative opinion or ambivalent about the be with me scene at the end in the last act?
0: Uh, it still doesn't grab me. Really? Okay. Um, I, really, I really wish it did because I know that it is very effective for you and I can empathize in terms of I know scenes in other movies that have that, that sort of effect on me. And so I... I feel like I have an idea of the feeling you get, and I like that feeling, and I know movies I can go to for that feeling. Um, I just don't quite... Because of the context in which it's happening... Like, I, I, when he does the lightning on the, all of the ships in the world, and it's just like, Infinity Ships, Infinity Lightning, and it's just like, okay, and that just uh, takes me out of it. Okay. Um, yeah. So much... Yeah, I, I really wish that scene worked on me more. Um, so, my second, but it, it just doesn't grab so the me. The
1: second thing, and I posted this on the Poe Boys Twitter account at Poe Boys Podcast. Somebody mm-hmm. did, they took the Colin Trevorrow um, script and they animated it.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I've seen links to it, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah,
1: it's only five minutes long. And then the rest of the mm-hmm. five minutes are like how they built it, basically. And the animation okay. is, you know, it's extremely basic. At one point, they're like, oh, here's a big space scene. Do we have the budget for this? No. OK, that sucks. That's what everybody wants. Uh, move on. Um, so it kind of goes through each of the steps of the Colin Trevorrow leaked script. Although, is that official or that's just somebody that it's w- provided their I own think and, and said a- that?
0: I think it's about as official as it would get. I don't think Disney will ever acknowledge it. Colin Trevorrow has loosely acknowledged. Oh, really? Straight up stamping it. He has tweeted something to the effect of acknowledging it.
1: The most interesting thing about it is, from my understanding, it would get rid of Darth Plagueis. It, um in 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 the um in the canon because it's a, it, it like palpatine's still dead um right because who would ever bring it back palpatine that doesn't make any sense and then boy,
0: boy let me tell you it's
1: Palpatine telling Vader like in the event that I die from you, oh, that's awkward you should go search out for my master, which doesn't really make all that much sense and because like
0: my understanding was that it was like the master of all, like the the prime Sith, like how I okay. heard it described was a Cthulhu style, like monster being. Yeah. Um. From my, I've also heard it described as Darth Plagueis, his master. Interesting. Okay. But this is how you know with leaked scripts. Yeah,
1: and so it's, it's, it's also like, like, like kind of gets. Like, ignores the pa- the rule of one stuff. But, you know, we, neither of us, I've only watched the video, and neither of us have read mm. the script, so we're just kind of speculating here, I'm sure. To um, lo- some, And
0: we're going to have to, unfortunately. Um, I got the Art of Rise of Skywalker book, which I'm very much looking forward to. I love those Art of books. But I got to tell you, I already know, similar, like, in, in Solo, in the Art of Solo book, because uh-huh. it's very much about pre-production. Right, and pre-production in particular. I mean, you can't talk about pre-production on solo without talking about the original directors who went full on into production on the movie Lord and Miller. Interesting. Um but Art of Solo pretty much found a way and it, you know, it's hard to on the one hand you are you're still getting the creative output of the concept artists, which is which is good. I mean, that's kind of what you're there for is the imagination of these concept artists and stuff like that. But there is There is a tilting of the narrative, and I'll I'll tell you, I picked up the Art of Skywalker book. I'm going to read it this week. So, ideally, the next time, the next episode you hear, I will have again watched Rise of Skywalker for my stupid little thing, and I'll have watched it after reading the art book. Uh, I flipped that bad boy open, I went straight to the index. No Colin Trevorrow. Uh, Really? Okay. No. Not a one, not a one. Granted, he got, uh, you know, who knows how far along the process before it got like, go. Well, no. Based but, I mean, on the really, script, it, you know, though, it doesn't seem like
1: there was a lot of scenes that they could have done that would have inter- like that would have complemented each other um, with the current movie. Yeah, with 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 the, yeah, the actual with the movie, movie. So yeah.
0: in terms of like, right, they never because they never went into production on that script. Yeah. Um, He never started to film, so we don't know how far along that that whole vision got. Yeah,
1: and um, the only other thing I'll talk about for that is they would have added, instead of um, the... No, I guess it was in Rise of Skywalker. The power to take force and give force Mm -hmm. um, was also in um, the Colin Trevorrow version. It's just, it was mainly... Taking force life, so they just did a bunch of scenes with taking force life, as opposed to it starting with Ray. You know, with the oh my gosh, I've already forgotten the name of the snake monster. Uh, I want to say it starts with. A v. I think it's Kyle. Um, so when she transfers oh Bill, sorry, Bill, Billum. Um, mm-hmm. so when they transfer, when she transfers her force life. You know, it sets that kind of into, you know, canon. Although, you know, they had done that in Mandalorian 2, spoilers. And <laughs> this script would have just kind of taking it, you know, same concept, same theory, but from the taking life perspective, which is, you know, makes sense because it would have been from Kylo and the Sith, you know, take, they don't give, Jedi give, they don't mm-hmm. take, et cetera. Well,
0: and it is of note that Colin Trevorrow and his co-writer still have a story by credit in the movie. They're still in the credits for the movie we got. Um, So. Yeah.
1: Um, Were the... Writers for solo, the original ones, were they also credited, or were they completely removed?
0: Yes. Okay, they were credited no, too. they were they were credited as well. I mean, you could, they but again, much harder. You you can't get rid of their influence on the movie. They shot half the movie. Right. Right. You know, whereas Contravaro, um, you know, he he only got through, into into pre production on it and into into the writing phase. Um, okay. So, do you have anything else, yeah. Josh? They they released some character bios for some of this um, Jedi High Republic stuff. I Interesting. Don't, we can okay. get into that later. I think we're deep enough in that we should just start talking about the episode. Maybe. Is that on
1: StarWars.com?
0: It's on StarWars.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's. I um, will we'll we'll definitely be checking at, that out another time. Yeah. Yeah. So I do intend to grab that book.
1: This episode is we're we're talking about today is um, episode. Seven, seven, season, seven, season seven. seven, the 228th episode of Clone Wars titled what? Dangerous Debt. That is not true. Sorry, the 128th. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the 228th episode yeah. in Peter I, I and Keith Pete Headcanon.
0: Look, last week, I think it was, where I talked about these episode titles. I don't know, kind of same thing with this Dangerous Debt. We even talking about, all right, fine. Just a goofy title.
1: Just it would make more title. sense to be like "Dangerous Escape" or like
0: "Daring Escape." Yeah, both of those are probably already episode titles, though. That's that's um, probably true.
1: So let's talk about so, the quote first. Okay. So the Jedi fortune cookie, which is what Wikipedia is giving it credit to, um, mm. a very fish source who you were does not define who you were, does not have to define who you are. So I think that's uh, certainly an appropriate quote for Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, um, I, I enjoy that quote of saying, you know, your past doesn't define what your future actually was. So it makes a lot of sense to apply that to Ahsoka with everything that we know about her character after mm-hmm. Clone Wars with Rebels and this Mandalorian, uh, um, this Mandalorian confirmation,
0: right? Yeah, it does. It does kind of continue uh, in the first episode of this arc. I sort of mentioned, um, for lack of a of a better comparison, that it feels sort of like, um, well, let's just call it a small town kid in a big city or something like that. I had used the analogy of, you know, I knew I knew people who were. Homeschool during elementary school and then went into high school and public school system or stuff like that it right. very much just feels like um coming from a more insular group the jedi out to the wide world and that sort of stuff continues with this and she's sort of getting an education not only on the larger world but on the world she came from and she's finally able to get an outside view of some a very insular thing she was a part of, without maybe having realized how insular that thing was, and she's getting a different angle and a different point of view on the Jedi Order here, uh, and we really get that driven home with this little um, the Martez kind of origin story involving yeah. Pete's favorite Jedi, Luminara. I did
1: Ruh-ro. not. I did not make that connection until I looked at. The um, I didn't go back and watch that episode. Did you? Nor did I. Okay, so I
0: I wanted. There's two episodes. I guess it would have been. Yeah, so hostage crisis and then hunt for zero. I think was a season three episode that took place after. Yeah,
1: so to provide some context, it in the previous two episodes they say why the Martez sisters are orphans. Although I guess they're not really orphans at the point where like they're in their. You know what? I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, the yeah, stat- not, the statutations are on <laughs> orphans in Star Wars. Um, but basically they explain that um, their parents died in a aftermath of the Clone Wars arc where Zero the Hut escapes. And then there's yeah, a...
0: Cad Bane frees him from prison.
1: Cadbane frees him from prison. And then there's this, you know um chase scene there's a lot of um mayhem and stuff like that and then at the end there's a ship that goes down and Mm -hmm. it goes into a wall that the martez parents happen to be on the other side of kills them and then
0: so they're collateral damage and jedi escapades
1: yeah and then rafa um luminar under who's you know um a, Not
0: named, but described. Yeah,
1: is is a fan favorite
0: of Pretty of the Poe Boys. To be her. Um, well, fan favorite of Pete.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know what this Luminara does. Like, yeah, I don't
0: really care about Luminara. I don't know. Okay. She's whatever.
1: Don't care. All right. That's um, about as negative as you can get. Anyway, <laughs> um, Luminara just basically is like, "Hey, trust in the Force. Um, yep. They are part of the Force. The Force will be with you." which is, I feel like the equivalent of, like, thoughts and prayers that are given to people.
0: absolutely. And it's
1: certainly something that, you know, when somebody says thoughts and prayers to you after something's happened to you, that's supposed to be, like, words of encouragement. But it Mm. sounds like Rafa and... um, Trace like Rafa took it actually literally like seriously the force is supposed to help me no I'm going to be kind of helping myself so she kind of took it as like a the force is the reason that this negative thing happened you know this terrible thing happened to her parents
0: well, and I think it's also important. To, there's a there's a bit of a disparity between Luminara's saying, you know, the force will be with you versus the traditional thoughts and prayers in, in our world, which is that by and large, when people do, you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, tends to just be, I mean, not necessarily coming from positions of power, but when it comes from other people around you, you know, when you're confronted with with the world's evils and with Overwhelming grief and it's just like if you if a friend of yours is in pain or something terrible happens to them It's hard to if you can feel powerless and sometimes all you can think to do is say, hey, you know I'm thinking of you or I'm praying of you or whatever um, This is a different case because Luminara is At least indirectly responsible for this You know, it's it's not like this is Rafa's friend saying thoughts and prayers You know, this is someone being like oh sorry we destroyed your house uh rather than take any sort of active measure in mitigating this may the force be with you goodbye and i think it speaks to this sort of as i've said many many times before and i always use this phrase the navel gazing that the jedi are guilty of in this era and in the in the fall of the republic that they are so quick to sit back in their chairs at the jedi council chambers and and philosophize and talk about what a jedi should and shouldn't do and "Mm, should we do this oh i'm gonna ponder this oh this doesn't sound good but it's all uh intellectual it's all just intellectual thought exercises and so rarely is it actually put into action and as much as everything they think and say is about oh jedi are peacekeepers oh jedi should do this Mm -hmm. all of their actions are in direct contrast with that. And this little anecdote with Luminara is a great example of that. You know, oh, the Force will be with them. Sure, but that doesn't abdicate you of responsibility. You're not, because she's, in that instance, using the Force as a crutch. Rather than helping these people out herself, maybe the Force will be with them through these agents of the Force, the Jedi, who should Mm -hmm. be perpetuating uh, positivity into the world around them. Um, But instead of that, it's, you know, oh, the Force will be with you, so I don't need to be. And if yeah, you're hearing laughing sense. and howling and screaming, it is because people are listening to this live and they're very much enjoying it, not because my girlfriend's having a cyber book club downstairs. I can't even hear you. I can't even hear that. I don't think you will. I don't think it'll pick up. But just in case. Just know it's because um, people are listening and they are enjoying what I'm saying. And it's not a book club going on downstairs uh, over the internet. Um, so so all that to be said... Um, the the little monologue about Luminara and that whole origin story... Like, I, I believe it for the purposes of the character. But it did feel shoehorned in at that moment, kind of. Like, it rung true from a character perspective. It didn't ring true from a story perspective. Or it felt... It, it stood out from the rest of the episode, in a way. Like, it was all... I don't know. It felt... I felt a little clunkily placed, maybe. I don't know. Not that I have a problem with the story, again. Not that I don't believe that that influences um, these characters' decisions. Well, it just felt
1: this story clearly, strange. you know, and this just goes to those fans that would criticize Dave during Clone War seasons. Be like, bring more Jedi. Do this in this <laughs> season. Do this this season. As if, like, these episodes hadn't been produced a year to a year and a half before they actually get released. But mm-hmm. if we had been watching this when we were both in college, I would definitely be like, "Where's the action? Where's the action?" And yeah. this episode was like, I don't know, 80%, 70% them just moving around doing different action scenes. Um mm-hmm. basically slaughtering like all of these criminals or not slaughtering them all. I I have no idea. Mhm. A lot a lot of, a lot yeah, of fighting.
0: Yeah, very very action-forward episode. It does bring up my other big point to talk about with this episode, and it's something I've thought about a lot since Clone Wars started airing on Disney+. Plus. Um, and this episode is, has proven the best uh, soapbox for me to stand on and talk about it. Is stand that on it. So often Clone Wars is done in terms of arcs, and it always has been. And, and around Season 3, it really kind of settled into these four-episode arcs and it was but you only get them chapter by chapter week to week so you're only getting one piece of it and between watching clone wars when it aired and then watching clone wars as it comes back now i got into comic books and i started reading comic books which similarly tend to be released uh to bookstores and stuff in in six issue collections okay that are a story arc but because they originally come out month to month in single issues Um, I think the best comic books, while they tend to have larger arcs, each issue can kind of stand on its own. Not always, but, you know, ideally. uh, Stan Lee, I think, famously said, every comic book is somebody's first. The idea being that you should be able to pick up any comic book and and get a a, a chunk of story that feels um, like a thing, like its own thing, even if it is a part of a larger whole. And... I think Clone Wars does not do a great job of that. And this this episode in particular, this is not, you know, if you just, I mean, they begin and end in the same spot. Emotionally, they perhaps have come to a larger understanding. I'll give them that. I think that as a, as a unit, these uh, three women better understand each other mm-hmm. at the end than they did at the beginning. Um, and I think if we were shown this same story, but as a Star Wars story, and it were an 88-minute Movie, all the same footage, all the same story, but one chunk. Perhaps the sequence would make more sense, but on its own, this this definitively feels incomplete. Like it it this doesn't feel like something to just drop in on. Um, it very much feels like we watched the the third quarter of a movie. Okay. Without you know it, it yeah it doesn't feel like its own thing. And I think the more successful four-episode arcs tend to, to pivot more from episode to, to episode. I've talked a lot about the Return of Darth Maul arc in season four. Mm-hmm. That that arc went all over the place, um, where every episode was definitively different from the one before it. And it covered a lot of ground. And I mean, I don't necessarily need it to span the galaxy, but uh, fans have been... Fans, I've read complaints on some of the geekier news sites I go to um, about this arc fitness and mag i e- yeah i can i can I can understand where where people are coming from with that with this episode in particular I didn't dislike the episode but on its own as its own entity I don't know that it stands up and it's not I mean again it's not supposed to um I'm at, so it Josh to interject news.
1: real quick. I'm I I mm-hmm. want you to at the end of episode 12 look at it from also a 6 episode arc perspective because or 8 episode arc. 8 ep- Yeah, 8 episode arc perspective because because
0: they are officially kind of got Boca yeah, on Yeah, well
1: here. and that's yeah. why I wanted to kind of transition to. We see that really cool mm-hmm. scene where as they're Man, escaping poncho, in the oof. in the city of is it Obadiah is is where they're at? I think so. Okay, so I think so. That Obadai is, I guess, the um Pikes' homeworld. Is mm-hmm. yeah, the homeworld of the Pikes, and you know you're going through the streets of Obadai, which very very cool city, as just like a an aside, yeah. and then we see mm-hmm. um Bokaton, and that's she's is that death watch that she's she's not that's not that's not her helmet She
0: was death watch when she first when we first meet her she's in but death the blue watch.
1: helmet is for house Catan? no house kriz is
0: that what uh, crazy i don't i'm not sure i mean she is death watch i think i'm gonna guess that we should be going under the understanding that Death Watch effectively disbands when Maul, okay. supplants previs. But
1: she's Would wearing the helmet of no, Death Watch. She, she has the same helmet she's always okay. had. Yes,
0: her, her helmet does not change from when she's in Death Watch to a- and then we
1: see her Death in this Watch. Episode. As far as I know, Death Watch is also the Mandalorians that are shown in the Mandalorian, like that the flashback. Right. Okay,
0: right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, they have a a logo that sort of looks like an M or a Roman numeral three type kind of deal. Um, now, Bo-Katan in this has, as I said, very cool kind of hooded. Oh yeah. robe type live thing. action. That would look uh, awful. So I don't, that may be, I, I was just immediately <laughs> maybe, thinking yeah, like
1: maybe. that would look so bad. A live action great animation though. Like also who the, who the hell <laughs> and, like in, in the real world, if you saw like the five, not the five Oh first, the Mandalorian mercs, Wearing those, I'd be like, that looks, um, that does not look conspicuous, conspicuous at all.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It does not effectively hide that they are Mandalorians in the slightest. But as I was, I was gonna say, it may cover up Death Watch insignia. I think that's usually on their shoulder. I don't Interesting. Think it's okay. On their so, it, you know, the the poncho may effectively cover that part up. Um. Yeah, we shall see. I. Disney Plus, uh, when the credits roll on Clone Wars, right before the voice acting credits come up, it'll do that like, okay, I'm going to put the main screen in the bottom corner here and show you what to watch next. And so I always have a hard time getting it to the voice credit screen to pause it. I should have put more effort into it this time because there's another um, Mandalorian. There's three Mandalorians on the roof, I believe, and a second one does speak. Uh, I should have checked the voice acting to see who it was I'm curious if perhaps that might prove to be um Sabine's mother.
1: Oh wait, and, the the the, vo- the voice in this episode
0: the se- the second voice. Oh, that was Corky. Oh,
1: Corky? Yeah. Great. Um, you know, uh, um Duchess Satine's nephew, Quirky.
0: Yeah, fam, fan... Oh, God! <laughs> uh, they're poisoning the juice boxes again, Pete. Um, we should do a commentary on those episodes. I actually, as I was uh, thinking about, um,
1: because I'm just, I'm just God. casually looking through, um, Wikipedia and um, Duchess Satine, Bocaton, etc. We could do an episode of the top ten biggest jeeves in the Star Wars universe.
0: Because
1: I think Corky definitely is up there. Um, The bounty hunter that is in the that um,
0: in the suit in the robot suit in
1: the robot suit the the Mandalorian in um in in the Mandalorian episode the one that he helps on Tatooine. Oh yeah, but you know that's that's
0: that's 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 an aside. That's an aside, dork. And uh, I'm just gonna. let everyone know i pulled up the imdb for the episode and it says it slaps uh this episode slaps Miller devar is
1: credited as ursa wren wait ursa wren
0: ursa wren that's sabine's mother
1: okay so, interesting okay yep. so
0: yep ursa wren and Star Wars rebels so there you go my uh, suspicion has uh, become a reality so that's pretty cool get a nice connection to rebels there I
1: oh, yeah, it says right here on Wikipedia, almost, too. I
0: I would almost put money down on that scene being new or added, added since okay. the, the um, development of Clone Wars started it up again. In fact, I, well, it, it basically would have to be. I mean, Ursa Ran is a character from Rebels. Um but that's so, also but it's, pretty it's, it's easy cool to, to do, too,
1: because it's not... Yeah, right, yeah absolutely. Like, I, I feel like, and this goes back to a comment my dad kind of made when I forced him to watch The Mandalorian of, like, <clears throat> are they really even acting if they're just wearing masks? And from an animation standpoint, oh it's just like, you oh, don't have cool. to actually put their faces in, right? you're just having these kind of helmets so as long i'm sure that there were two or three mandalorians that were in the scene behind bo katan and bo katan was the person that they wanted to have in the episode so it doesn't add or you know take a lot of production time other than getting the um sabine's mom that voice actor a- actor to be in it
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true uh, but it is a cool touch. I do also feel like it Um bolsters my initial prediction for the Arc, which was that these episodes would tie into the uh Siege of Mandalore arc. And it looks like they did, but so in my it, mind. They definitely something are going like to. this happened. Something like this happened, but happened earlier. And like this would have been like the second episode of the Arc and then the next two episodes after that like and then they would you know I don't know I had I had this sort of idea in mind on a quicker scale um obviously it did not prove to be the case and I, I this is just kind of, sort of laying the groundwork and I would hardly um assume it's the same arc but yeah it was it was cool I liked I liked the hoodie I liked the poncho I really enjoy Bo-Katan uh it was a character I always felt maybe didn't get as much um Screen time as I had hoped. Great, vo- great, vo- great voice voice great
1: voice actor, Katie Sakoff.
0: Yeah, Katie Sakoff. Yeah. Um uh, I gotta say, uh, I'll go ahead and let's do uh I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put a one minute spoiler warning for Mandalorian. Spoilers, spoilers, Real spoilers, quick. spoilers. And I'm looking and starting now, I'm looking at the timer on my phone here for one minute. Uh, Bo Katan, though, a character whose fate is unknown and seems to probably be pretty bad because the last time we see her in *Star Wars Rebels*, she's got the dark and that's where we leave her. And at the end of *The Mandalorian*, oh, and everything's going really well for the Mandalorians at the end the the of Darksaber. *Rebels*. Yeah, yeah. So um, that'll be. I I'm I'm sure we'll get we'll get more information on that, particularly in season two of *The Mandalorian*. I think they have a a lot of um, potential to. Fill in that blank stuff, but yeah, we the last time we see her is presumably pre this purge that they talk about in Mandalorian, and she is the one with the dark saber, and obviously that is no longer in her possession. Uh ten, nine, eight. Welcome seven. back, Tano
1: uh, heads. Sorry about, sorry and about that.
0: Spoilers for, spoilers for Mandalorian. Sorry Over. about that. There was a minute. Look at that. We kept it to a minute. Yeah. So sorry. So sorry. Oh my. Goodness.
1: So let's. One uh, thing I want to add onto this is yeah. the. It seems like everybody is an expert shooter. Um, I do. I do really like them building on the character of Trace because she's kind of been this naive kid that mm-hmm. really just did a, a just a awfully awfully dumb action, you know, dumping all that spice because her you know, sister and her friend were fighting. But you kind of Mm show this episode that Trace has some street skills, right? She's, you know, fainting, about to cry, and then she does that the turn on the pipe. It's definitely something I was not expecting. When she went in there, I -hmm. was expecting Ahsoka to do what she ended up doing a scene later, you know, using the force to open up the gate. I assumed that as soon as Trace was taken, she'd be like, oh... You know, the person I actually care about is being taken. I got to, you know, step into my Jedi role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're definitely. I mean, they she 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 served the best on her yeah, own. The Martez or sisters she, are she definitely growing, growing on me. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah, they're good. They're good characters. I like the I like the, the three of them. I'll be I'm very curious where this arc ends. I have no idea what to expect for next week, particularly since uh, I expected that the end of this episode wouldn't be the beginning of this episode but who knows
1: they're doing a um, very interesting job of ending on a cliffhanger each each and every episode um
0: not the first episode no, the like, first
1: episode was boring first episode was just but, ending with them chilling out at old town <laughs> um one thing that is kind of interesting and i don't know if you've been thinking about this is Ahsoka is using her force powers, obviously, you know, she draws out some pikes and murders them. And what do you think Ahsoka by herself, if she fully engaged in the force could have taken all these people out or is there just a limitation to what she can do? Like when she went into the tower and did, you know, that, um, Tai Bo Kung Fu, you know, basically beating up all these pikes, If she used the force, how much easier would that have been?
0: I think that if she were in full Jedi mode, she would have, she would escape fine. I don't necessarily think that she would have to take on everyone there. I think she would be able to obfuscate and hide and, uh, deter and, you know, espionage her way out of it. Um... Yeah, I, I think if she were fully, you know, Jedi powers on display would would be able to get out of it fine without having to even engage in a fight with everyone. I think it would be quieter and stealthier. Um, I like, I'm like. i glad you brought up that little fight scene in the that small room there. I have a note here. Ahsoka as Batman. And the first time I picked up on this, not picked up on it, but the first time I was like, oh, it's kind of Batman, it's cool, I like it, was in the last arc in season five, when she has to go on the run um, from the Republic, when she's framed for an attack on the Jedi temple. And I don't, she doesn't have her lightsabers on her and it's like very rainy and kind of fugitive style. And she's on the run and there's definitely, she like crouches on some stuff and you know, she's got her Liku or whatever that look like Batman cow a little bit. Um, And in this one, you know, she doesn't have her lightsaber, so it's much more fisticuffs and stuff. It's just a cool sort of, sort of kind of, Batman y vibe. I'm into it. I like when she goes in the room and beats everybody up and crouches on gargoyles and stuff like that. It's
1: so it's pretty crazy cool. that, it's pretty cool. presumably five episodes from now, this character, and I, I assume that we're going from this arc right into the Mandalorian arc, mm-hmm. is that this character doing this, you know, small time, trying to break out, not using her for- force powers to their fullest not wanting Rafa to know that she's the Jedi certainly is going to be mm-hmm. fighting Darth Maul in episode yeah. 12. It's really hard to, there's, there's still this huge disconnect of like, how, how do we get from, you know, the small story of her just trying to help out these two sisters who, you know, have had a tough go at life to, you are going to take on this, former sith lord that we've watched take out multiple jedi you know get the best of obi-wan time and time again etc
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that speaks to star wars though i think there's mm-hmm. Star Wars as a whole does a lot of connecting small scale with large scale i mean you have something like han solo's debt to jabba the hutt which by all accounts should be a pretty small thing i mean han solo is a small person in the scheme or the grand scheme of the galaxy you know he's he's a a small-time criminal and then you've got you know he owes money to a Mm -hmm. gangster um but that that story ends up tying into the toppling of uh an an empire you know so I, i i trust that they will be able to um make that fit i will say um we didn't talk about it too much on the episode, and I don't know that we'll talk about it much now. There's like an International Women's Day video that Star Wars oh, okay. put out. Um, which, for International Women's Day, which was, I don't know, a better part of a month ago. Um, if I'm not going to get it. It felt weirdly self-congratulatory a little bit. I agree that we should be celebrating um, women in fiction and, and female characters and stuff. It felt like Star Wars was patting itself on the back more than it should have, though, because I think Star Wars still has a very long way to come in that department. They've come a long way. They've come a long way. But come on, Star Wars. Like, there's more work to be done. Maybe don't congratulate yourself and just actually work on getting some women behind the camera, stuff like that. I Off my soapbox. At the end of that Mm -hmm. clip, there is footage from this last arc of Clone Wars that's coming up, this Mandalore arc. With Ahsoka in action, let me tell you, I screamed. Oh, really? It's crazy. It was not. It was not small time. i it was, will just It say was that. more than. It was it more was, than the. Then doing that like three so second fight. So far beyond beating up people in an elevator. Really? Okay. It was bananas. <laughs> I screamed. Um. So I yeah I yeah. There's definitely some big scale. Uh, action coming up for sure um and it it will be it will be curious to see how how this ties into that and it will be curious to see how where we last see maul within the context of this show ties into where we see maul coming up in this arc because in canon there are comic books that kind of bridge the gap Mm -hmm. but you can't depend on everybody to read freaking comic books. You need it on the screen. So I'll be I'll be curious how they explain away how he escapes from Palpatine. All so Josh,
1: kind of do you have any um, notes? I can tell you the episode title and the premise for next week. It doesn't really do a okay. well, whole lot of spoiling.
0: I'll just touch on the last note I have, which I hesitate to even bring up because I'm embarrassed and afraid that I might have missed something. Do we know where Ahsoka's lightsabers are? Does she have them when she leaves Temple or not? Anakin
1: offer or does does, she, does Anakin offer her her lightsabers I think she or gives a like her, her braid? Blade, okay, he get gi- he offers the braid
0: back. But we know, I believe we know based on the promotional footage we've seen and the promotional images we've seen for the season that she has two blue lightsabers, and that was not the case. She had two green lightsabers, so I guess she doesn't have lightsabers. Yeah,
1: I would assume that she does not have lightsabers, and yeah. that we know. Anakin and Ahsoka are going to get back together. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, lightsabers, they seem, even though it takes them a while to get their own lightsabers, they also make them seem like a dime a dozen too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. they go from, Oh, this is so sentimental. Uh, I can't believe you dropped it. Cal Kestis to, <laughs> Hey, I just like, was right. at target? And I was in the, you know, bargain bin, and I found a lightsaber. I guess you can have this Ahsoka.
0: Yeah, I mean, for instance, we get so much weight put on, uh, like, Ezra's first lightsaber. It's a whole episode on how he makes that, and we get this young Jedi arc. It's a whole episode on how they get that, uh, their lightsabers. Then just Ezra just shows up with a second lightsaber. It's just like, oh, whatever, I've got a new lightsaber now, and... For all of the pomp and circumstance surrounding the Skywalker legacy lightsaber, particularly in the sequel trilogy, we have no idea where that one come from.
1: That is true. And
0: loses his lightsaber in episode two. And when he shows up again in episode three, he's just he's got that lightsaber. It's whatever. Yeah, definitely true. I mean, maybe there is an expanded continuity. But it is, it is interesting how sometimes a lightsaber will be the most precious thing within a Star Wars story. And it will be hugely important. And then other times, it's like, yeah, whatever. Which is fine. I, I don't want to know where every freaking lightsaber comes from. I don't care. I really don't care. I get it. I mean, Ilum, Ilum, Ilum's um, fine in everything.
1: It certainly is a story that's interesting to like the main character, right? Like Ezra developing his mm-hmm. and having that like yeah. um, what stun gun or whatever attached to it. You know, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Didn't need to have that second thing added on when he got his new lightsaber.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I do think it becomes a more important story post episode three because pre episode three, that Clone Wars episode with the younglings pretty much is like, okay, this is where they get the materials, and there are ample materials. Uh, But as you go on in the Star Wars timeline, obviously, with the creation of the Death Star and the mining of Billum and turning into a Starkiller base, blah, 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 uh, those resources become more and more scarce. So I get that it. You you can't just necessarily throw it away. Yeah, oh, they makes sense. Though they do that with Ezra, he just has a new lightsaber. Um, yeah, okay. Well, so and I, we yeah, also I, I know that
1: Ahsoka, thing, but... after this arc, will not have lightsabers anymore. Because that's confirmed. That's confirmed yeah, in the Ahsoka if the, book. If the novel is to that's, be believed, yeah. In the in the, in the mm-hmm. Ahsoka book, she is hiding and she does not have lightsabers because she gets her lightsaber at the end of the ahsoka novel so i would assume i a a good a good bet would be she gets them from anakin order 66 happens Mm -hmm. it has to make it look like she died so she abandons her lightsabers
0: yeah 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 we shall see gosh i'm so excited for those episodes let me tell you yeah
1: well the ahsoka bo team-up is going to be 100%. a lot of fun to watch
0: oh 100 percent. and if if it's been a minute since you've watched the original bo appearance i think it's a one-off it's a one-off episode for sure it's not an arc it's just one episode uh in season four um don't remember the name of it but it's a fantastic standalone episode, and you could do a lot worse than revisiting it. I will say now, but then not end up doing it. I will try to rewatch Hostage Crisis and that Hunt for Zero. A Friend in Need it. was her first episode. Boom, that's the one. Yes, A Friend in Need. About, speaking of top dorks in Star Wars, freaking Lux Bonds, Terry. Oh, hey,
1: save it save for the pod. Save it for the pod. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Save All right, so yeah, um, with that, um, the next episode is titled Together Again, and the premise is Ahsoka bargains for the sister's freedom and makes a startling discovery. So, yeah, it Serious. looks like I we're going to get into her admitting she's a Jedi, or at least, you know, trick them into thinking that she's a Jedi, because the Pikes can negotiate for the release of a Jedi with the Republic is something that I kept expecting. I'm guessing that that's what, what it's going to be at the uh, initially is like, Hey, I'm a Jedi. I'm Anakin Skywalker's Jedi. I'm worth a ton. You let them go and I'll you help you out or something like that.
0: Right. Cause it says Ahsoka negotiates for their release, but when we leave them, they're all captives. So curious, curious.
1: So, um, if you want to get a hold of us at, uh, At Boys Podcast is our Twitter and Instagram. Podcast at gmail.com is our email. And have a good one, heads.
0: And hey, if you you have an idea for a context and wish to watch episode nine to change up the monotony of watching this movie every week, let me know. Josh out.